Hello, I'm Paula Jenkins, a transformative life coach and podcaster. Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that talks about the stories of people following their hearts, finding work that lights them up, and looking at how joy plays a part in their journey. To learn more about this podcast or to find out more about me, just head on over to the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 36 of Jumpstart Your Joy. I am so excited for today's interview, which is with Holly Becker of the powerhouse blog, Decorate. She's also a three-time author with a fourth book coming up, and she's the founder of Blogging Your Way, a series of amazing courses to help bloggers and social media enthusiasts find their voice. Before we get to the interview, I want to make a few exciting announcements. So starting next week, I will be part of the multi-passionate must-haves bundle, which is this really exciting bundle of products. It's 14 products valued at $1,599, so almost $1,600, and you are going to have the awesome opportunity to purchase those between May 17th and 19th for just $97. To celebrate this big bundle of products, which includes some amazing people, um, I'm going to have fellow multi-passionates on next week. So my Carls of Life is Messy. I'm going to have Jennifer Lee of Artisan Coaching and Corey Huff of The Abundant Artist. I can't believe that I get to speak to three people or that I'm publishing three episodes next week, but I want you to stop by and join me because it's going to be so much fun. So head to the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com. My product is the How to Start Your Podcast class. It's just going to be a lot of fun and a lot of value. So today on the show, I have an interview with Holly Becker of Decorate. I love this discussion and it was so interesting speaking to her because we both have this background of finding ourselves in jobs that really need no longer fit and getting a nudge from the universe to go do something else that really was closer to our passion and our purpose. And interestingly enough, we were both in a in a project management role, which is so so interesting to me. She shares about how you can find your voice in blogging, insights on her past and how her childhood interests and joy also play a part in her life today and talks about her popular blogging your way course and what she would suggest if you want to bring your own dream into action. So I'm totally excited. If you want to get more information on this episode, head to the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash holly, and you'll get all the show notes there along with the links to everything we talk about. And if you like what you hear, you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. So go on over to jumpstartyourjoy.com. And before we get to the show, I also want to throw in there that the registration for her next Blogging Your Way class, and it's for Instapower. So it's an Instagramming class, which, oh my gosh, sounds so awesome. That opens up today, which is May 10th, 2016. And the class itself runs from July 8th through 25th. So head over to bloggingyourway.com to get on the list and or sign up. Now, without further ado, I bring to you the interview with Holly Becker. So welcome to the show. Today we have an interview with Holly Becker of Decorate. Thank you so much and welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. Hi, thank um, you for having me. Yay, Holly. As a child, what were your early sparks of joy? Oh gosh, I love to write. I was always writing in my room and I love to teach my dolls and bears. That's how I was able to do my homework because I absolutely hated homework. So what I did every single night is I lined up all my dolls and bears on my bed. I did this since I was probably six or seven when I was in school. And I lined them up on the bed and they all had a name tag and I had journals where they all had their 
studies in there and I graded them all. And I basically gave them my homework that I had brought home from school as a lesson in their little class in my room every single night. And that's what motivated me to do my homework because I hated homework. And I figured, well, if I turn it around and and I'm the teacher, then I'll actually do my homework. So that's how I was able to do homework every night. And so that was one thing I loved to do as a child was I loved to teach others, even though they were dolls and bears and they were all Mm -hmm. stuffed. (laughs) I really loved the idea of being before others and teaching and sharing. And it also motivated me to get things done in my own life. In that case, as a little girl doing my own homework. And also writing. I love to write. I was always writing books in my room and illustrating them and something that was a real passion. Another thing I love to do is decorating. My mother loved to decorate. She was a floral designer by trade. That was her training. But yeah, she was really into decorating and loved keeping our home really beautiful. She was a great mom, type of mom that, you know, a little girl always wanted to aspire to being herself. And that was sort of me. I loved watching her decorate. And so I was always by her side and helping her and watching her sew our drapes and our shower curtains and take me shopping and go flea marketing. And these were really early sparks of joys for me, you know, the writing, the decorating and the teaching. I love that. Well, and knowing what you do now, I can see how all of it kind of plays through into what you do now with decorate. Would you Mm -hmm. like to explain how that got it started? Sounds like there's a lot of the early joys and a lot of the early inspirations that then you get to use now in your daily work. Yeah, absolutely. I have two companies. One is called Decorate and the other one is Blogging Your Way. Both of them have been around for a while. Blogging Your Way is a decade now, 10 years in January. And Blogging Your Way has been going strong since 2009. And both of them are dedicated to providing content services, support, whatever you want to call it, to people who are either looking for decorating and inspiration for their home, lifestyle, related content, recipes, things of that nature. So everything geared towards the home is decorate and blogging your way is where we're actually teaching bloggers how to become better bloggers, according to them, of course, because there's no, there's no one way to do it. But a lot of people want to know how to blog better, how to become more inspirational to their readers, what types of things they can be doing, how they should be developing their content. And they love to learn from other bloggers who have had success. So I teach along with other successful bloggers that I hire. And together we teach blogging, social media, photography, and styling for bloggers. So both of these companies are very much in line with my earlier ambitions as a child, which is really funny how it came full circle. But another funny thing is that it actually wasn't an easy path. It wasn't like I just was a little girl that had all these little joys and goals and then became a woman that was doing this automatically. Absolutely not. I had a detour. I went through a really painful divorce with my parents. They got divorced when I was 17 years old. And it was really very hard because that was right before I was supposed to enter college. So I had to put all of that on hold and start working full-time to support my mother. And that was really, really challenging for me. I had to work full-time. And then once I was older, I started going to school. I was in college for business. I went at night. And so while I was working a full-time career, trying to make ends meet, I was also going to school at night and on the weekend, trying to go for my degree. And so that was happening for four or five years. And then four or five years turned into almost 10 years. (laughs) 
of working mm-hmm. professionally and going to school and, and getting all of my training. And I also took Microsoft classes and HTML classes. And, you know, what was hot back then was learning HTML <laughs> and coding. And, and yeah. all these different things I was learning, I became a human resources manager, project manager, and, and also managing immigration and relocation and doing space planning. And I remember being in a space planning meeting one day, and all of a sudden, it all came back to me. It was like I put my dreams on hold because I was just trying to make it. You know, I was a young woman. I was, I had moved out of my parent, my mother's home at one point in my early 20s because she got remarried. And then I was by myself and I was just sort of going in that hamster wheel. Do you know what I mean? I was just trying oh, yeah. to maintain what I had. Yeah. And it was like, I just wanted to maintain what I had. I kept going. I didn't really think about it. And then one day I was sitting in a planning meeting for a space and I was with an architect and some designers and they're like, Holly, you know, sometimes I feel like we should just give you our work and you should be doing it because you really have an intuition for this stuff. You know, you're like a space queen. They used to call me the space planning queen. They're like, you're really, really good at this. You're articulate. You really know how you, you even help us with the design and the interiors and the ordering the furniture and all that. They're like, you're really good. You should think about getting more into this as your career. And that was kind of one of the things that made me start to think about my earlier years and the things that I was really into as a child. Yeah, and it is so interesting because so many of us get on that hamster wheel or whatever it is. I mean, it's interesting you said project management because that's totally my background. And it was like a decade. Uh And I turn around and realize, wait, I, you know, I went to school for religious studies and I love that. and I want to inspire people. And I felt like I had detoured somewhere. So I love that it was a, a planning meeting and somebody else kind of gave you that nudge back of, hey, remember, remember? <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah, it's interesting how you get those nudges in your life. And sometimes you they, you don't hear them. You just bypass them and you keep going and going. And then all of a sudden, maybe someone knocks again and then you listen. It's all about timing. I find that everything in my life, it's so funny when you look back, it's it's all timing related. It's like there's nothing that... You can't pinpoint to something someone said or something you saw, or there's always this jumping off point where all of a sudden you think, wow, like it's like Oprah says, your light bulb moment. And that's that's no better way to describe it. It's really that moment when you freeze and you stand there and look in the mirror and say, wow, that is really what I'm meant to do or or that's who I'm meant to meet or that's who I'm meant to marry or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It just happens. It's, It's really amazing. You can't force it. I don't think you can force it. Yeah. When you're ready, you're ready. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of almost like that saying, like when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Kind of, but it's yeah, yes. it's amazing yes. when there's the patience, yes. and, but also that keen listening, maybe to your intuition or whatever the universe is kind of putting before you to see is there a pattern here? Is there something I'm supposed to pick up on? Like, I think curiosity helps in some ways. Yeah, that's a good um, one. Curiosity. That you're right. Yeah. Mm. I'm actually a two-time student (laughs) blogging your way. One of the things that you really encourage in that class is each person Mm -hmm. to find their voice. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about either how you found your voice and what that path looks like or what inspiration or encouragement you would give someone to find their own voice? Yeah, it's a really big topic, it seems, but it really isn't as big as people think. A lot of times you think, find your voice. How do you really do that? I think the easiest way is to think about your passions, you know, to think about like, who are you? What are you all about? What's your, your goal in life? You know, what do you really want people to remember you by someday when you're not here? What you need to really like think about 
the direction of your life and what you you want out of it. And as a coach, as you know, as a coach, I'm not a coach, but as you, the coach, know that you probably tell your clients the same thing. Like you really have to think about your direction. You can't just live for today or live in the past or whatever. You've got to think forward. And that's a really good way to find your voice because you need to think about you know, like what things really drive you? Where are you getting your inspiration? Who's inspiring you? What do you really love? And once you start to identify all of those things, your voice can start to come very naturally at that point. I think finding your voice is something that's not that hard if you have something that you're passionate about speaking on. It's really hard to find your voice when what you're trying to talk about isn't really resonating with your core person. You know, if you're kind of trying to be a design blogger because everyone else is a design blogger that you know and you think it looks easy and it's an easy way to make a living and you're kind of writing those posts like, uh, you know, pushing it out because you're not really into it, then that's where finding your voice becomes really hard because it's not your voice, it's not your passion. And if it's something you are passionate about, you do love sofas and, and you do love chairs and putting room schemes together and et cetera then that just jumps from the page. You know, you can be the worst writer mm-hmm. in the world, but that story or that passion comes through so clearly and people respond to it usually very favorably. So finding your voice doesn't have to be hard. It's more like you need to do the homework to figure out what you're all about. Yeah, and kind of tapping into the values that make you tick and that would bring you, well, either joy or inspiration yourself. Because you're right, once it becomes very clear what you love, it's so much easier to write about it in an authentic way that then draws people in to be excited about it too. Well said. Absolutely. Yep. Who was a previous guest also said something about like really thinking about what is it that you're, what do you want to leave as a legacy? Like, what is it, like you said, what is it looking back on your life that you want to have been about? So I think that's really lovely advice and a lovely way to go as well. Definitely. Yeah. It's important children and whatever you're leaving behind is for them as well. So true. How do heart and passion come into what you do in blogging your way? My passion for teaching and for sharing and connecting others is just innate. It's in in everything I do. I'm doing it constantly in my, my personal life. I'm always connecting this friend to that friend. I do it in my professional life constantly. It's just a constant theme for me. My husband comes to me when he needs help connecting with a company or an idea or everyone just always comes to me to make connections and also for advice and to just kind of learn what's the latest. And I've always had my finger on the pulse. I don't want to brag about this. I'm not good at a lot of things, but this is a few things that I'm really good at in life is I'm really, I love to connect people. I love to teach people, inspire people, make people happy, make people feel like, you know, there's so much more. There's just so much more out there to tap into because I know that from my own experience in life and having some earlier difficulties in my own life and observing my friends who have gone through periods of, gosh, you name it, depression, losing their children and death in losing their marriages, all this. The one thing that I always think is something that helps drive people forward is always having hope. You know, when you have hope, you can get through the roughest times. And that's what I really want to inspire through my classes. I want to inspire hope. I want people to feel like they can do this and and there is more out there. And it's not the end of the road if they hate their job or they hate their life or they're miserable with 
their blog currently or what they're doing online. They're not happy with their brand or what they're, they're doing for their company. I want to give them hope and then the tools and power to change things for themselves if they wish to. That's my thing. I love it. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. And that is, all of that is so key because a lot of messaging around why Jumpstart Your Joy became kind of the, my, my start point was, is that even in hard times, joy is choice. And that kind of go, just like what you're saying around hope being a factor in your life. Like, how do you grasp on to that thing that is either inspiring or brings you hope or looks like joy to move into then the next phase and take what you learned from that really hard time, whatever that may be, but use it in a way that can empower you. And, and I, so thank you. That's beautiful that you've that's part of what your journey is about. Like that's so inspiring as well. Yeah. And I think the thing too about hope and maybe you feel the same way is that, you know, even if what you're hoping for doesn't come, it doesn't matter because while you're hoping for it, it makes you happy. And then usually there's this, this part in that path that sort of branches off and then you just walk down another path and you go towards another destination, another dream, another influence, another idea. So, you know, you may hope that you're going to become the world's next big blogger. So you start your blog, you have a lot of passion, you put a lot of time into it. Doesn't really work out that way, but you just started, you know, getting some clients and now you all of a sudden segue into something else. You're working in design, you're doing podcasting for a living, you're doing like you know, whatever it is people end up doing, I think that hope, it just it just gently, lovingly pushes you in, in directions in a positive way. It gives you something to look forward to. And if it doesn't really work out, that's okay, because as long as you're pushing towards positivity and light, you'll always find more positivity and light. It's, it's just how life is. If you're pushing towards negativity and darkness, you'll always find more. If you're pushing towards positive, you'll find more of that too. Hope gives you a direction towards the positive. And even if things don't work out in the way you've planned, that push towards the positive will give you more inspiration into other things. And that's what happened to me. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but when I started blogging, it was at a time in my life when I had switched careers. I decided to no longer work in project management. I went back to school for interior design. I took I went in a certificate program. I never got a degree in interior design, but I went to a college in New Hampshire and I studied interior design. And while I was studying interior design, I also started my blog and I decided to call it Decorate, like the play on the word Decorate, because mm -hmm. it was the name of my fledging, my little design firm at that time. And I started taking clients in Boston. And it was one of those things where I thought, you know what, I'm going to write this blog because I need to supplement my income because at that time I had just quit my job. I need to supplement my income because I'm not making enough money off of my clients. So I need to go out and get some jobs writing for magazines on a topic I love about. Problem is I had no writing experience for magazines. So I thought, well, if I start a blog, then I have something online and there's really nothing going on right now with design blogs. There were only like five. <laughs> there was nothing. It was just <laughs> dead out there. And I thought if I start a design blog, at least I have like a record of my writing and the stuff I love that I can send over to editors and maybe they'll start to take me more serious. And that's why I started my blog. I was at a class one night of the, um, for writing and the um, New York Times editor that was teaching it, she said, if you're not on the internet, you don't exist. And when she said that, and I had just changed careers and was having a design business, I thought, oh, 
there's my answer. I need to get on. I need to have something online. And I didn't have the money to build a website. So I just started a blog. And the next day I started Decorate. And I've been writing on it ever since. And it's been 10 years and three months. And that blog became, you know, I have another book coming out in the fall. That blog became four books. It became a series of e-courses where I've taught about 9,000 students worldwide. It became something way bigger than I ever expected. So that's what I mean about you have hope. Like I hoped that I would work for magazines. Well, something better happened. I became a magazine. <laughs> I'm my own magazine <laughs> online. I'm yeah. a destination. Do you know what I'm saying? So, but I was pushing towards something positive and then just more things started blossoming as I went. And so I think that's a big message to put out to the world is, you know, you have to really just keep pushing towards positivity. Right. Yeah. And I love all of that because it really is taking that chance on that thing that you love and knowing that it will lead you somewhere. Like maybe not being too attached to the outcome, but knowing that a step in the direction of the thing that you love is a step and there's action involved, which is sometimes where people get stuck a little bit is like it's scary and I, and I like that you talk about this in your courses as well, is that there's some fear that can come up when you start to put yourself out there in a way, especially if it's something that you really care about. So I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit, too. I love what you shared in classes about being, but about kind of being aware of the fear, but doing it anyway and practicing courage. Yeah, I think it's kind of you know, finding a career or anything that involves your job. It's a lot like dating, you know, you're putting yourself out there and it's a very real raw part of who you are, especially if you've chosen the path of entrepreneurship and working for yourself. It's very much on you. If you suck, if you thrive, whatever it is, it all goes back to you. You can't blame your boss. You can't blame your company because your boss and your company, well, that's you. So it's a really big jump. It's a big risk. And I think a lot of people fear it. It just as you fear, you know, if you're newly single, you fear dating because you wonder, how are people going to perceive me? You know, can I find the right person? There's all these fears. And for me, I've always looked at fear a bit differently. And I can't say that I don't get scared from time to time about certain things, because that would be a lie. We all get scared. But I think with fear, there's a difference between a negative fear and a healthy fear. I think you've got to learn from your fears. Like, for instance, if you're scared, and I've talked on this topic for many times in my classes, as you know, but if you're scared of spiders, well, the healthy way of looking at that is, well, you know, you're scared of them, you have fear of them. That's good. You know that. So you stay away from them and you don't go near them. And I think that's something you have to really think about. Like when you're fearful of something, you have to think about what is it? that I'm scared of? You know, is it a healthy fear? Is it legitimate fear? You're scared of spiders? Why? Because they bite and could potentially poison you. Okay, that's a healthy fear. You should be scared of that. Are you scared of speaking in public? Yes. Okay, why? And then you have to sort of dissect that and really think about it. Is this a healthy fear? Is this a fear that's going to drive me to become a better person? Or is this a fear that's holding me back? Is this a fear that's taking a part of my vitality and part of my life away because I'm scared. And what's the reason behind it? We don't ask ourselves in life enough questions. And I wish as a society of especially entrepreneurs, I I wish we'd ask ourselves more questions because we always tend to sadly look at everyone else as being the blame of, of why things aren't working. But if we were just to be more secure in ourselves and face our truth more and just ask ourselves more questions 
we would prosper and, and move into so many new ways. It's just that where we become fearful of even asking those questions, you know, what, what's really the core of all this? If you're scared of something, you've got to really just think about it and ask a lot of questions until you water it down so much that there's no answer anymore. You know, he, okay, you're scared of speaking publicly. Why? Okay, you're scared because speaking publicly because when you were in high school, everyone booed you off stage. Okay, so why is that still bothering you today? Well, it's still bothering you today because X. And you just keep asking and asking and asking until you no longer have an answer. And then that sometimes helps to resolve the fear. I love that. Yeah, that is excellent advice, especially because it's so intentional. And if it's an exercise that you can just either do through journaling or I find writing yes. helps, then you, you can't get away from the answer. <laughs> like your brain can't go, yeah. do this other thing right now. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. really intentional and you can pay attention to the answers as well and start to work on it for yourself. Because yeah, it is, it is easy to be afraid and let that just take over. And then, I don't know, like avoid the thing that maybe would be bringing you the most joy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's true. And it's so yeah. easy to do. I mean, we're human. Yeah, we are human. We're not perfect. We'll always be making mistakes. Yes, yeah, so, so true. So if you look back at Decorate Now, how has it changed in the last 10 years? Are there some highlights that you'd like to share or, or maybe some advice that you would give of someone who's just starting out as an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's, I like that part. I think, yeah, let's do that. Let's do the, the part of this where I'm going to tell everyone listening how this can really work for you. The way it really works with blogging is basic. You have to be selecting topic or theme of your blog that is really something you love. It's something that you, you love, that you're relatively talented in. There's nothing wrong with, you don't need to be perfect in it, but you do need to have some talent in what you're writing about. If like, for instance, if you're writing a decorating blog and you really don't have the talent in this, like no one's ever told you, wow, your house is beautiful or wow, you really know how to put a room together or wow, you when you're at the store, you're great at picking out things for a dining room. If no one has ever said that to you, then maybe decorating isn't your thing. You know, maybe it's nothing that you should yeah. be writing about. But what if people, what have people been telling you? Maybe they've said oh my God, you put together the best outfits. Every time I see you, you look fantastic. Or wow, your makeup is always on point. Or your, the way you help other people, the advice you have about issues in life, uh, dating issues, that your dating advice is the best. Every time I listen to it, I get the best looking guys. You know, like your friends and your <laughs> close circle will always let you know what you're good at. They'll let you know what you're bad at too. But they'll always let you know what you're good at. So I think it's a combination of like listening to what other people are telling you a lot, because sometimes we stop listening because we discredit what we're good at. We're always sort of going towards pursuing things that we're not so good at sometimes because we really want to be Adele and we really want to sing professionally, but we're really not that good at it. And our friends will always be the ones that kind of bring us back to the ground level and say, okay, look, this is what you're talented in, or, or this is what I love about you. And I think that that's important. You've got to listen to what people are saying. And that's one thing that I love about blogging, especially in the early part of blogging, when you first start your blog, is your readers are going to let you know what they're responding to. They're going to comment. They're going to share. They're going to look at the posts that are resonating with them the most. And that's going to most likely be the stuff that you're the best at. 
because if it's resonating with other people, it means you must be writing from a really authentic, passionate place. So that's kind of like that really, when you first start blogging, that's really what you have to think about. What are you good at? What, what are your talents? Who do you want to reach? What are you trying to do with this whole blog thing? What's your goal with this? If you don't have goals, that's fine too. If your goal is just to impart knowledge or, or hope or share, that's fine. You don't have to have a master plan. But if you just kind of have like some idea of which direction you're going into, have a theme or, or, or a look to your blog, you know, make sure you kind of have like this, this palette of colors that you're working closely within or this type of look and feel so that you're, bra- you're almost becoming a brand now. And I know a lot of people don't like to think of themselves as a brand, but if you want to be remembered nowadays online, you really have to tighten that up a bit and start thinking of your blog as your modern day business card. That's your resume. And whatever that looks yeah. like or whatever that's telling people, yeah, right? That initial two seconds on your page, the minute they land there, that's giving that reader a full view of what you're all about. So make sure you have a great template that you love and that looks like how you feel like you want to be seen. Make sure you've got a, you know, your blog name doesn't have to be perfect. Most people hate their blog names after a year. They're like, oh God, why didn't I name my blog this? <laughs> That's okay. As long as the blog, you know, is looking good and, and it's it's maintained and you're putting great content out there that from your heart, maybe you're taking your own photos or, you know, you're asking for permission to use photos from other people that take good photos, whatever it is, just go at it from that standpoint, you know, look at it as something like you're presenting yourself to the world. Think of how you want people to perceive you. I mean, I know having had a couple of iterations of my own blog, the the first one was called Welcoming Spirit. And I loved religious studies and thought that was something I wanted to write about, but realized that I didn't want to be terribly vulnerable about my beliefs. Because, I mean, just to be really candid, I didn't, it was my own belief system, but I didn't want to be a Christian blogger. <laughs> so then that found me right, a very yeah. strange space because it wasn't something that I wanted to share about a lot, but I liked the ideas right. and the stories of Christianity, but that wasn't something that was resonating. So then I jumped back right. and looked at other things, other angles on that. And now Jumpstart Your Joy is where I'm at. And that is feeling so authentic. And so like, it's just it's easy to write. It's easy to market. It's easy to have the conversations about it. And so it feels, it's clear that I hit what I was supposed to be doing, which is so interesting because it took a while. <laughs> Maybe that's the other encouraging yeah. point to say to people is like, even if you're searching for a few years, you'll find the thing that you're supposed to talk about or supposed to resonate with. And that's okay that you spend your time getting there because it helps strengthen your voice. The journey is part of it too. So. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because this doesn't happen overnight. There's no magic pill. There is no magic pill. It's like you have to put the time in and it's all a learning experience. You know, what your brand looks like today, it's not going to look that way in a few years. You know, what's trending today won't be trending in, in maybe in six months because the world online moves so much faster than real world, quote unquote. Great point. You made a great point. You should be teaching a blogging your weight class. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be be honored. It's funny. I'm starting up a podcasting class just because I've learned so much. Definitely you're an inspiration. And like, how do you just find something you love? And then if you want to teach it, well, why couldn't you? It's it's beautiful. It's it's authentic. Super fun. So yeah, thank you. Do you have anything you'd like to add about blogging your way or decorate before we get to the last 
two questions. You know, I think what I want to add is that for everybody listening, I think it's really easy to assume that people that you see online that look a certain way, we, we may look like and we may be influencers, we may have a massive following and have you know, bestseller books or whatever. Try to put it into perspective because I think a lot of people have a little anxiety because they're seeing, like when I started blogging, we didn't have rock star bloggers. I mean, we we were all just getting started. We all look like, sorry, crap. You know, we were using blogger templates that were polka dotted and very ugly. <laughs> and we had like, we had no cool stuff on our sites. Like everything was just, our pictures were tiny, like 300 pixels wide. I mean, I don't even know uh-huh. how you could see those pictures. It was, it was just awful. And I think that was funny because like when I look back, I think maybe that's sometimes helpful because you don't have so much to measure yourself by. So you're not so scared. I think nowadays bloggers starting, you know, everybody listening to this podcast, you guys give yourself a round of applause for going out there and really trying to do something for yourself because I don't think it's easy. There's a lot of people out there that have a really amazing following and great social media following. I mean, they've got like 5 million followers on Pinterest and that can all be super intimidating. But I want to say this, that, you know, it doesn't, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what other people are doing. It doesn't matter what's happening out there. What matters is what you're doing and think about your blog as something that's very important and personal to you, like fitness or personal health. You know, when you go to the gym it's easy to measure yourself up against the hot chick doing selfies in the mirror every five minutes between repetitions, but that's not the real world. Not everyone looks like that. And I think it's, it's important. It's important to think like, okay, this is for you. This time at the gym is your time. It's for your health. You're the one who's putting in the time on the, the Stairmaster or whatever, or the cycling classes. This is for your heart, your body, your soul, your mental and spiritual health. This is your time. And look at your blog the same way. There may be other people out there doing it better, really great. There may be professionals or influencers or whatever, but this is your time. You know, get on there and do your thing. Do the best job you can. Look at, you know, how people are responding to what you're writing. Look at what you're doing. Try to become better at it. If you don't like your photography, oh, well, there's a million books and classes. Just take those. Go for it. You know, you can do it. And I really like to push people to to that place of of breaking through those walls and those things that we tell ourselves and and stop, you know, just stop listening to those negative voices and push yourself towards your goals and just push through the challenges. I mean, there's so much that you can take advantage of and learn. And, you know, I just, I always think about like when it comes to blogging and everything else, you really have to get yourself in the headspace and be positive about what you're doing. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. It does take time, but I think it's worth it. Even if you don't get the massive following that maybe you were hoping for, you may just really start to carve out more of what your passion is or find some good friends. You may find a whole new business that you want to evolve or get into. I mean, there's just, just get out there, just plant the seed and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, because it really is the first step, but maybe the scariest. But yeah. it's also once you start to put the stake in the ground, you start to become more familiar with what your own voice is. So, yeah. Yeah. And um, another quick thing to share that is so important that I tell students, too, is that so many of my students come to me and they're like, Holly, you know, oh, 
Uh, there's so many other blogs out there, so much competition. When I say, how is that going to be any different from what everyone else is saying? And my answer is, it never changes. Look at the recording industry. Look at the film industry. Look at the book publishing industry. Go to the bookstores. Go to all these record shops and look on you know, iTunes. Look at all the music that's been made and continues to be made. Look at this and think to yourself, why am I thinking that there's not room in the world for another voice? If recording artists and film directors and all these people out there were sitting around saying, you know, there's already so many films, I'm not even going to bother making a film. There's so much music, I'm not even going to bother going to music school or, or developing my passion. We'd have nothing fresh. We'd have nothing new. We'd still be listening to classical music. There'd be nothing out there. So I always tell my students, like, you've got to keep this in mind when you're developing your content. This isn't fluff statement. This is real statement. Think about it. You know, if you stop putting your your voice out into the world, where all these conversations are being held online every single day, there's millions of conversations online every single day. If you stop and you don't bother and other people stop and they don't bother, where is this ultimately going to lead? We're all driving each other forward. Our voices are all carrying out and driving each other forward. What I said today on the podcast may click in someone's head and drive them into a new place. What you said on your podcast yesterday, you know, may have driven someone somewhere in their life that was a super positive direction for them. We don't know what we're putting out into the world, but if we don't put it out, then we do know because we're not getting anything back from it. That's mm, how I feel. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I think that is so true. Yeah. And it's, is it part of our I don't know, our journey, almost an obligation to share whatever it is, that special thing inside of us, that spark is, so that everyone else can see it. I mean, we're here for a reason. So, yeah, I love what you yeah. said. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on today. It's just a real, a real delight to get to talk to you. I feel so lucky. Thank you, Holly. Oh, thank you. I'm really happy you asked me. I was, I was thrilled when I got your email. Thank you. <laughs> so I have two last questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is, okay. if someone has a big idea about something that they want to bring into the world, what advice would you give them about bringing that dream into action? I think I would, I would really say just sit down with that idea for some time and really just think it through. Think about the what if, the maybe, you know, think about where, how you really see this. Um, I think a lot of times we jump too quick into things and sometimes we move too slow. So it's good to, and the reason for that is because we either overthink and we get analysis paralysis or we don't think and we just jump in and we fail. So you kind of have to be somewhere in the middle and you need to just think about your idea, let it sit let it simmer, ask a few people that you really believe in that can give you good advice. And yeah, I mean, I think like that's how all ideas are really born. And then they, they, they come into the world and actually get somewhere. It's through thinking things through a bit and then going to other people that can be a good support structure for you that you can really believe in and bounce ideas off. And you form your own little support network that can help you to keep driving yourself forward because it's really hard to do all this alone. Mm, Yeah, I totally agree that the community piece is so key because especially if you've got a few people in your life that maybe aren't going to be receptive to the things that you're suggesting or the things that you're passionate about, it's easy to get discouraged. Mm -hmm. So finding those people that 
want to help lift up your idea is also kind of inherent in that. I think it's so it's hard, but finding the right people to support is beautiful. Yeah. And my last question is, what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in other people's lives or in the world? Three things to jumpstart joy in other people's life. I think it's always, well, hey, the first should be take a personal interest and take an active personal interest in other people. It doesn't have to be everyone that sends you an email because there's not enough time in the day. But People who come to you who genuinely are in need, family members, friends always come first, everyone else after that. But think about who can you touch, who can you help, who can you support. That is so key because what you put out into the world and what you're giving to other people will come back to you, but you have to do it with um, the right spirit. You can't do it with the hope of getting something in return. Do something out of your heart that is loving and helpful without wanting something in return. And I think that's that's one thing that you can do to help people to have more joy in their life. I like that. <laughs> no, but I, I really do think that. I think it's important when you, you know, you want to inspire people and give joy to others that you really have to, to look at them and listen to their story, you know, hear people out. What do they have that's heavy on them that you can lift and make it a little bit lighter? Um, be there for other people, be a part of their support network. And another thing I think that though the most important thing, I guess I only have two, helping others. But the, the other thing that's so critical that a lot of us just put on the back burner, self-care. Really, really consider that. When you're on a plane and they say, put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you can help other people, that, that is the mission in life. It's not just on the airplane. Think about that. If you're not helping yourself first, you can't give the best that you have to other people. You can't help your children. You can't help your family. You can't help your business grow. Nothing. If you're you know, sitting at your desk 12, 15 hours a day, you're not eating right. You're never exercising. You're not seeing your friends. You're, you have cobwebs in your closet because you have no new clothes because you never leave the house. You're living in pajamas. I mean, this isn't self-care. You've got to actively <laughs> right. take care of yourself, you know? Put yourself yeah. first and then everything else is so much easier too. I mean, all the positive, the endorphins and all the positive things that build up when you just take a walk, you come back with such clarity, you can kick your business in the butt. But if you're just sitting on your butt all day, you can't kick anything, you know, you're just sitting there. And I think about that myself because I'm, I'm always working online and I get up and I walk a lot and I have a step counter and I'm always making sure I, I put in my steps every day and I go to the gym and you know, I'm not the perfect vision of health, but I'll tell you, I'm so much healthier than a lot of people that I know that are working primarily online. Just because, you know, you have to take care of yourself and you have to really put yourself first. It's so important. Yeah. And then you can inspire yeah. join other people because you have it in yourself. Well, well, Amen. Right, yeah. <laughs> Amen. I agree. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> there is something to be said for going out and having a new experience because that brings more inspiration back. Like, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, Holly yeah. Becker, I feel so fortunate to have gotten to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> oh, cool. Me. That's nice. Oh, yeah. you positive outlook. Thank you. That's fun. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's been nice to chat with you. Thank you. Holly, thank you so much for that great interview. It was such a joy getting to speak with you. And if you guys want more information about the class that she's speaking about or want to get the show notes, it's over at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash Holly. And if you want to sign up for those classes, the information is all there on the site. 
Now, for next week, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm going to be a part of the Multi-Passionates Must Have Bundle next week, which is 14 products, and I've bought this every year that it's available. I'm going to exclusively be placing my Jumpstart Your Podcast book in the mix. Be sure and head over to my website, and you can sign up to get notified for when the sale happens. It is really exciting, and it is a great it's a great way to get some really neat products for yourself. And to celebrate this next week, I'm going to do <laughs> I'm going to do the triple header, guys, and this is nuts. I'm going to have Mike Carls of Life is Messy on Tuesday. Jennifer Lee of Artisan Coaching on Wednesday, and then Corey Huff of The Abundant Artist on Thursday. So really tune in. It's going to be so exciting. I'm not I'm pinching myself both at today's episode and then these three that are coming up it's just like a dream come true to get to speak to all these people so a huge thanks to holly and my and jennifer and Corey. thank you all so much and i look forward to talking to you guys next week and until then i hope that your days are filled with so much joy